0: you're listening to the park rush podcast this is a theme park podcast i'm tom joining me as ever is josh hello there hello there josh how's it going very good thank you yourself i'm well i'm well yeah i've upgraded my podcasting gear you might describe me as something of a pro content creator now it's very exciting that is exciting yeah got a boom arm for my microphone is it a boom arm is that the appropriate term for kind of the arm that you clamp to your desk and then you can sort of Uh, recalibrate your mic's position without dragging it around and making a terrible noise i can
1: i I don't know whether that's considered a boom arm or not it might be
0: if any other pro content creators listen to this then you know let us know let us know if there's a technical term but anyway i think you know what i mean and i've got one of those (laughs) And then I've also got a a webcam, Josh, because I thought with a face like this, uh, people in work meetings deserve to see it move around at 60 frames per second. Of and, course. Uh, with with perfect lighting as well. I've got a little light. <laughs> it's what dreams are made of. It sure is. Uh, no, we're actually uh, a, bit, a bit of a tease for everyone out there. I'm, I'm, I've been upgrading my equipment. Uh, sort of, you know, we've got, We've got some some new programming plans in the kind of early planning stages, I would say, and thought, well, you know, if these go ahead, if we if we get cracking on this, I, I might need some better equipment. So that's kind of the reasoning behind that. Just just putting that out there, so uh, people can yeah. start to speculate on what it is we're about to do. Spoilers: It's an OnlyFans. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but. I couldn't resist. I just got to get it off my chest. It's an early fans, all right. You can yeah. stop guessing.
1: Tom didn't think we was doing enough uh, work, you know, with his regular job, and then this. So uh, he thought, why not add more to the pile and uh, start on OnlyFans?
0: Well, exactly. I mean, my day job, if you can call it a day job, my shift pattern is so bizarre that I'm often up and fully awake uh, at night and through the night so why not take advantage of being up during those hours and do a little park rush after dark anyway glad you're well josh uh i hope i haven't scared you off with uh images of a park rush only fans <laughs> uh today we today we are resuming our florida trip reports of course last week we checked in we just got back from from our european thing park road trip but of course Before that, I had been off in Florida for for just about three weeks in April and May, and we'd been reporting, or I'd been reporting back on all the parks that I went to, taking you through them, what's changed, what's new, what's the same, what needs perhaps a bit of a refresh, that kind of thing. And uh, today it is the turn of Universal Studios Florida. So we're not doing Island's Adventure today, we're just doing the OG... Studios Park, I guess, Josh. Well, crack on. Universal
1: Studios Florida. What do you want to know? Where do you want to go first? Universal Studios Florida. How many times did you go to the park while you was there, Tom? While you was away? A good,
0: that's a good question. How many times did I step foot into the Studios Park? I, I'm not 100% sure. I think possibly four. Possibly four. Uh, I, think, I think I did islands. I think I set foot in islands five times. Oh, uh, or, or on five separate days because there was one day where i i've thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with a friend of the show pastor john and jeremy from uh, i come here for the food uh, i met up with those guys for for lunch uh, at toothsome's actually in city walk which was uh, which was marvelous and uh, john has been cracking out some or cranking out some reviews of the various Sandwiches and things that we each had on that particular day over at piratesandprincesses.net. We've been retweeting them on the Park Rush podcast Twitter feed as they come out. So go and have a look at those. But after our lunch, we then basically just wandered around both parks uh, while Jeremy was live streaming to his channel. And I think uh, by virtue of doing that, I actually kind of at one point went into studios, came out of studios and then went back into studios. So... Does that count as one visit or... T- I don't know, Josh, but uh, oh, I spent plenty I would of time. I count that as one. All right, was, cool. Was, so I,
1: You was only there for I, one day.
0: Fair enough. Well, in that case, I think I did studios four times, I think.
1: Okay, so that's a lot of times. That's a lot of times on one holiday, um, but I'm I'm here for it. Uh, that also means that, obviously, you kind of hit different things up at different points and did had different experiences on different days. Um, so I guess where, you know... On your main Universal Studios day, what is the first thing you did? It's interesting, see,
0: because ever since the Hogwarts Express opened, we don't really treat either of the parks as a one-day, one park sort of experience. We kind okay. of we pick which one we start with, which is almost always Islands of Adventure and was every time on this trip bar one. And we kind of potter around and sort of once we're getting close to kind of 11 o'clock half 11 something like that we'll go for our staple croissant moon breakfast in sure. the port of entry at islands and then we'll probably make our way slowly back round to hogsmeade perhaps you know tick off a few other bits and pieces on the way back round there and hop on the train and go over to studios and then basically do whatever we can while we're over there It it was a little bit different this time I suppose because the addition since we were last there of Velocicoaster and Hagrid's islands has somewhat changed the way that well funnily enough actually it totally hasn't we discovered that the best strategy and uh, John and I talked a bit about this when we recorded a podcast while we were out there but for me personally as someone who didn't have early entry or anything like that turned out the best strategy for doing Islands of Adventure, certainly, was actually to pretend that those two newer coasters just don't exist because (laughs) everyone kind of rushes to them first thing. The early entry crew are definitely going there first. So if you go there first too at nine o'clock as someone who's, you know, one of these peasants who isn't staying on site, then you're going to end up queuing. Uh, The queues will never be longer than they are at that time of day, really. So by the time you've done them, if you do them first... The queues have also built up on all of the other rides. So uh, our our usual strategy was to actually just do islands as if it was still like 2016 and do like Hulk and Spider-Man and and that kind of thing. Uh, The one day we did start at Universal Studios, there was one day we did do that. Uh, We kind of went in with an open mind, to be honest with you. Uh, It was a late decision. It was kind of walking up City Walk and then obviously it splits and you keep going straight for Islands of Adventure and you take a right for Studios. And it was just very, very apparent that day that it seemed like hardly anyone was going to Studios. (laughs) Uh, And not only that, but there was no early entry to Studios that day. It was opening at nine o'clock for everyone, whether you were on site or not. So we thought, well, it doesn't look that busy. There'll be no one in there yet building up queues for for rides in the same way there is at Ireland so you know what let's do Universal first today we we haven't done it really yet we haven't given it a proper shake and that was the day that we decided to do Universal first Uh, and to be honest it was a bit of a mess from there on out so oh no uh, yeah in terms of which rides we talk about first uh, it's kind of all a bit up in the air I don't really mind but on that particular day we had a a bad time getting onto rip ride rocket that was a ride which uh despite park opening at nine that ride was not ready at all to go until about quarter to ten and yeah, great the, the communication was so bad that we were just kind of standing in a queue uh, and it felt to me like they knew down well it wasn't actually going to open till half nine quarter to ten uh but it was kind of all under the uh, the sort of visage of technical issues, so you you weren't sure whether to leave the queue or not. You know, it was one of those frustrating times where you thought, well, we've been here this long, we may as well stay. But all the while, you don't know how much more time you're going to waste. So that was very yeah. frustrating.
1: Uh, do you but- think um, they should do something about that? Maybe uh, change the uh, you know the rules on what they say during that first half hour, whether they say hey, actually this ride doesn't open till half nine or do you reckon that's mandated on them from high up to say oh we've got technical issues
0: i don't really know to be honest but we were in that queue for about 40 minutes i would i would say and as as i said it was all just said you know technical problems that was the only communication we really got to be honest and then the reason i i i've got it here and i i tweeted this i've got i did, was doing twitter threads every day at the parks and uh we asked the ride attendant, so it was interesting, they held us outside the main queue for a while, then they let us into the main queue, and then they held us at the point where you then go through and up the ramp towards the loading area. Uh, And while they were holding us before the ramp, uh, we asked the guy at almost bang on half nine, just before, how much longer do you reckon this is going to be? And he said, about a minute, I'd say, (laughs) which would conveniently take you to the round (laughs) time of 930 so it was very hard not to be cynical about that. Uh, and yeah. of course, by that point, you know, you think, oh, we've got into Universal f- quite early. There's not that many people here. There's no early entry. Let's knock out some rides. We could get a lot done here in like an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, so to feel like you've you've lost all that time and and had the strategy kind of ruined for you is frustrating enough. But then, of course, by the time you've been standing in line for half an hour, uh, potentially, as, as was the case with us, a load of... Uh, Universal Express Pass uh, patrons have, have also started to queue up for the ride, and, and they're kind of obligated to let those guys on first. So it was kind of a double whammy uh, for those of us in the normal line. Great. And That's what you want. Yeah, quite, quite frustrating. The, the silver lining, Josh, for the whole experience on Ride Rocket was that I did get the secret song selection, Oh for the for the first time so if people don't know there's a trick on rip ride rocket where of course normally the lap bar comes over or the restraint comes over you've got your little screen with your music genres to pick from and then four or five songs in each to pick from but if you hold down the rip ride rocket logo on that little touch screen for for a certain amount of time uh, it will it will kind of go into this secret song selection playlist and and there's like dozens of other songs on there it's kind of crazy how many there are and uh, from that i was able to get sabotaged by the beastie boys which was i must say an excellent excellent backing track to that ride uh,
1: yeah i think that's that is what i did the last time i went on uh the ride was uh Sabotage by the beast boys uh, i think i've also used start me up by rolling stones
0: yeah that makes sense strong strong dartford links to start yep. me up by the rolling stones so Almost that makes sense to really at
1: some point Try oh that yeah one out. For sure i've also had uh, one point where uh, it, the machine just didn't work it was Uh, crashed and was back in just windows Um, so I was just debugging the ride as I was on the ride
0: (laughs) putting your day job to good use yeah absolutely but uh, yeah I, I, I still quite enjoy Ride Rocket I know it's not got a great reputation not least for you know the relatively frequent technical issues but as rough as it can feel I do kind of somewhat like that about it it does feel like you might fly out of your seat on one or two occasions and there's nothing else quite like it in that regard certainly at universal where the other the other coasters velocicoaster for example obviously being very new hagrid hulk having been updated not that long ago they they all feel very smooth and 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 safe this one feels like if they decided to tear it down no one would really have any good arguments for why they shouldn't do that but for as long as it's still there i kind of like it in a almost masochistic kind of way of yeah let's let's feel like we could die you know Let, <laughs> that's it's a good way to start the day it'll wake you up shake you around a bit
1: yes yeah um i, I mean rip ride rocket's not been open relatively long has it i mean it's been it's still it's been 13 years but grand scheme of things with roller coasters that's not that long
0: no so yeah the there are there are older, older coasters
1: while.
0: yeah there are definitely older coasters around I mean I think Hulk would have had its uh, well Hulk Hulk I think went a bit longer than that before it had its retrack if I'm right uh, but I don't think Ride Rocket is the kind of beloved ride that would warrant that I I would have to imagine that when the time comes for them to either retrack it or just replace it they would probably just replace it and yeah. something that i found interesting i was listening uh, to the latest park stop podcast uh with Alicia Stella and she was talking about the fact that there is seemingly a fast and the furious themed roller coaster being planned for universal studios hollywood uh, now of course fast and the furious ch- supercharged as we'll get to has a terrible reputation at universal orlando and it feels like given Fast & Furious is their like biggest grossing most successful franchise it probably deserves a better ride than that oh, perhaps 100%. perhaps if the rumored coaster for Hollywood uh, you know does well and is well received then that could be something that comes to Florida and if you were looking for an obvious place to put it maybe where Rip Ride Rocket is would make some sense because i doubt the supercharged space is big enough for a roller coaster whereas of course rip ride rocket is a roller coaster so you could i guess knock that down and and use that space for that potentially and given it's probably two three years away in hollywood by the time you've worked out if it's good or not and you potentially announce it or work on it for orlando that would probably be around the same time that rip ride rocket is at kind of end of life Status then and might all work out. So maybe that would make some sense.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. It'd be interesting to see, obviously, what the right, what that ride is like, and if it will fit in that space. Um, I don't think Bloomman Group's there anymore, right? So there's potential to extend into kind of that soundstage area, um, if need be. So I think yeah. there is some space on that side. Obviously, they use a lot of the back uh, backstage areas for uh, Halloween horror nights. So and that's a big cash cow for them. So, you know, they always look look at how they're going to, you know, what space they're going to lose and what space they can use for Halloween horror nights when they make these decisions on coasters and rides and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that, I think that'd be a, a worthy replacement if the ride is good, the new uh, Fast and Furious one.
0: What would you want from a Fast and the Furious roller coaster? I mean, to me, it seems like you'd want something fairly intense. But at the same time, Josh, I guess it kind of needs to be a family coaster i don't have friends i got
1: family yeah i think you, you well you, you've got to have a lunch in there right you can't not have a lunch which kind of i mean it's universal turning into the park of launch coasters at that point but uh
0: you have to down a corona before riding you can have any brew you want it's a corona. I would it's be part up of that. The, it's part of the pre-ride checks. <laughs> you make sure they make sure you got nothing in your pockets. They make sure you're tall
1: enough, and then yeah. you are down
0: a Corona. No excuses. It's like
1: uh, what's that? There's like ride. I come remember what ride it, and they give you like a. I like um, kind of, I guess kind of like ET ride. Right? They gave you give you that card, and they uh, you take the card <laughs> off you as you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They they give you a bottle of Corona as you join the queue, and they uh, take it off an empty <laughs> one off you. I'd be so down for that. That would be fantastic.
0: <laughs> I mean, Rip Ride Rocket kind of feels like you've downed a pint as it is. Yeah, so why not keep it consistent?
1: It certainly needs a launch. I mean, you can't have a fast and furious ride without a uh, a drag race, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, that 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 would make sense. I, I then, thought it was worth. I don't know. They, they go to space in the latest one, so who really knows? Yeah, it's up for grabs. They can do anything, really. Uh,
0: I, I thought it was worth noting. I mean, I, I know this is maybe not going to seem like the most structured way to go around the park, but the, the kind of that opening walk down the the main street, if you like, of the park, I, I, I do think it's starting to feel, I don't know, the park in general, actually, this is kind of my main takeaway from it. I feel like five or six years ago, you went to studios and, It really felt like it was in a very good place because you had the relatively new Diagon Alley and Rip Row Rocket wasn't that old by then for all the problems people had with it. And, uh, you know, Springfield wasn't that old either because, of course, Simpsons Ride originally didn't have that Springfield area. So it felt like a very up-to-date, fresh, new park. And it's quite odd, actually, in a way, how in a relatively short period of time, it's already started to feel, to me anyway, that, oh, this this place kind of needs some love a little bit because all of a sudden, Islands is the one now that's had a lot of the love in the last few years. You've got Epic Universe coming. Obviously, Disney have up their game as well with stuff like Galaxy's Edge. So walking around yeah. studios, especially that entrance part where if you don't like minions, there's not really much there for you. Maybe Shrek's I'm in the minority strong. who doesn't like minions, but yeah, Shrek is gone. Uh, you know, the mummy, and it's obviously mummy is a bit further on, but there's kind of a you know, if you do that walk, if you if you walk straight to the end and then turn right and you know, to head towards Harry Potter, let's say, that that whole walk is it feels a little not dead, that's maybe a little harsh, but in need of of some love, as I say, because yeah, Shrek's gone, rumoured to of course be another minion's attraction at some point. Yeah. Uh you know Rip Ride Rocket has its issues. Nobody likes Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Nobody uh, likes Fast and & Ma- and Furious. No one likes Fast & Furious before that you've got the Mummy which is down at the moment. Uh, yeah. No set date yet for when that's coming back, but it can't be too much longer. Uh, and then yeah, then obviously eventually you do get to Dive Alley which is which is still excellent, but yeah, that whole walk is starting to feel a bit sad. I mean, the Mummy of course will make a big difference when that comes back and, and Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we look we look forward to that, but yeah, Fallon, Fast and the Furious, Rip Ride Rocket to an extent. And, you know, Shrek obviously being yeah. gone right now means that a good chunk of that initial walk into the park is, uh, there's not much to it right
1: now. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of that park is feeling a little old. Men in Black, I, last time I went, felt a little old. Obviously, E.T. has its issues with the, uh, you know, speaking your name part. Um does, is the makeup show still there?
0: Yes, the makeup
1: show is still okay. there. Yeah,
0: looks absolutely amazing at night. By the way, I uh, on two occasions on this trip, I stayed for the uh, nighttime celebration show on the lagoon in the Studios Park, and um, so got to see the park lit up at night, which I'd never seen before. And uh, the makeup show in particular is is beautifully illuminated. I I took some lovely photographs i really i really thought that looked good and yeah we didn't do it this year but that's a family favorite i really recommend the makeup show there if you haven't done it before Uh, but it's worth saying as well that you know that part of the park as well to be honest so if you come in the park and do a right instead of going straight i do like that side of the park it feels a bit quieter i really like all the storefronts and everything yeah but again it does feel like they could be doing more with that space Uh, it's worth saying i guess as we'll get on to whenever you whenever you want, that the born Stuntacular is round there in the old Terminator 2 building. And that is outstanding. That is an excellent, excellent show, which I absolutely loved. But other than that, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, the, the old prop shop has just closed round yeah, there. Course. I got just, got in just in time to get some ogre vision glasses. Phew. Uh, and there are some meet and greets as well round there quite often. Yeah. Some Simpsons characters and scooby-doo and stuff
1: but and you can see the parade from there as well right
0: yeah which i believe may have also come to an end i think i might have seen one of the very last iterations of that particular uh parade oh. uh, which is i think primarily well, i was gonna say primarily dreamworks but i guess it wasn't really it was just kind of animated characters in general you had some minions you had spongebob uh, you may have had some dreamworks characters i can't remember now but yeah, I, I, I want to say that I'd read that that is now kind of over. Maybe they're going to come up with something new. I don't know, but mm. yeah, for me the highlight of that little bit of the park is is born for sure. That is great. But then also the uh, Central Park crepe stand, which was <laughs> new uh, to me, and I, I went there twice. Go on, and then. Had, had tell us more about this crepe place. Times. Oh, Josh, I could go on for hours about this crepe place. It was it was great. It was really, really great. So, uh, yeah, they have a kind of ever-changing menu, if you like. First time I had a savoury crepe, uh, which was a a plant-based option. Uh, it was like fake chicken, I guess you would say. And uh, I I thought it was really, really nice. They, they make all the crepes fresh. So um, the only downside to it really is that service can be a little slow. I think it's slower if... Uh, you're getting a savoury crepe because that tends to involve a little bit more cooking as well in terms of the filling uh, than one of your sweet ones Uh, and I think for me as well as someone who got the savoury vegan crepe I'd have to imagine that's probably always the least ordered crepe I'm purely speculating there but I guess that would just kind of make sense so I that and it was quite busy so that particular time I did have to wait a while to get my crepe but as I say they make them all fresh to order, right in front of you. You can see them working away on them, and um, and the end result was great. I thought it was really, really nice and pretty good value as well. I think it was j- just over ten dollars um, for my savoury crepe. Forgive me, I, Pastor John will be on the case if we've got if I've got them. He'll have the exact price that he'll be able to flag to us once this podcast goes out. But
1: yeah, I'm uh, sure the the menu's changed again, and it, and John will be able to give us the updated menu, no doubt as well.
0: Yeah but I think you know they had like a beef brisket there I think oh. the day I was there and then the plant-based chicken one those were the two savory options so you had one meat one vegan and then they had the three sweet options as well and the second time I went uh, so the first time I went was at the end of the really long day I had there where I'd met John and Jeremy for lunch at Toothsome's, and then done a ridiculous amount of walking around each park doing the live stream and then we'd gone our separate ways and I thought oh, I'll stay for the fireworks and I got a crepe to have with the fireworks. Um, The second time I went, my sister and I had had stayed longer than the parents and we're gonna again do the fireworks because my sister wanted to see them. We had a relatively light dinner at the Today Cafe, which was also new to me. Uh, And again, I thought that was great. And so we had a uh, dessert crepe each. And uh, again, very nice, very filling, a little overwhelming to be honest. uh but but very very nice i had the cookie and cream one which is uh the cookies being oreos nice and it was a little overwhelming in the in the florida heat and humidity to to yeah. be honest my sister went for a strawberry nutella one which you know just looked a little sort of fresher and yeah, a little a bit, bit more refreshing get, with the strawberries easier to get down perhaps mine was was yeah i was i was maybe forcing it down towards the end but it was very nice very indulgent Uh, and the crepes are great every time so you know you you think of the crepes you get in the paris pavilion at epcot for example if you have them as a takeout you just get them served on a plate you know (laughs) great crepes i'm sure but maybe look a little sad compared to these things which are uh put in in a cone basically because then of course they fill them up with whatever it is that you've ordered yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you have you have it in a cone. And uh, the the vegan one, the vegan meat one was pretty easy to eat in that regard. It was almost like I may as well have been eating a burrito, to be honest. This <laughs> cookies and cream one was a bit of a mess. Uh, it kind of went everywhere. And you definitely need napkins <laughs> if you're getting one of the right. dessert ones. Cause Make a note of that, not, people. <laughs> they do not go light on the whipped cream. They, uh, they pile that on. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Central Park crepes. I highly recommend it, to be honest, for sweet or savoury options. And then the Today Cafe as well, I thought, was, was very, very
1: nice. Um, the Today Cafe is on the main street as you come through the entrance, right? So it's sort of opposite the square by Rip Ride Rocket.
0: Uh, no, it's before that. It's basically opposite the main gift shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you come in and you've got the gift shop straight on your left and Today Cafe is right there on your right, pretty much. And uh, yeah, very, very nice. They have all the same sort of bakery goods that you might find in the croissant moon, for example, your cookies and your croissants and your tarts and, and, and things like that. But they do also have uh, a lot of made toward, uh I would say, sort of lighter, healthier options, like bagels and sandwiches and salads and and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think we, we went there for breakfast as a family on one of the days... And I got my, my Bog Standard, well, my Bog Standard, my outstanding but familiar Universal Orlando cookie. Uh, but then on the day my sister and I stayed late, as I say, we went in there for a slightly lighter dinner and we both had the salmon and cream cheese bagel, uh, which was very, very nice indeed. Uh, nicely toasted and salty with a decent helping of salmon and not too much cheese. Some crunchy onion, also a nice touch. Uh, that's my official review written on Twitter. Okay, on not a third. sponsor. No, I mean, Josh, it wasn't all good news, right? Uh, service there was slow. Oh. It, it took a while to come out. And uh, it's only a bagel. What are you doing? It's only a bagel. Exactly. Today, today, cafe, Josh, more like, more like the tomorrow cafe, in hey. my experience. Hey. Uh, but no, it's pretty good, and uh, yeah, not the type of thing that you would maybe typically associate with thing with a the theme park, the kind of food that. They serve up in there, so uh, worth checking out, I'd say. And my, my, uh, you know, this is a very middle-class, middle-aged uh, comment to make, but my parents both uh, were very impressed and and pleased by the fact that they serve your coffees in an actual mug. So oh. uh, there you go. Uh, although they also took a while. <laughs> uh, the, 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 they they probably wouldn't get the job, those baristas, at a Starbucks. They, they're not quick enough
1: for that. No, but I guess the mug, uh, the reusable mugs, is also better for the environment than using uh, single-use items, which is good to see. All right, you blimmin' hippy. Um, and also, I guess the thing with the bagels uh, being in the Today Cafe, uh, the Today Show is uh, live from New York, uh, and New York is kind of famous for the bagel or the bygels, some people like to call them.
0: Wow, I've
1: not heard them said like that before. Yeah. It's a it's a sort of more traditional way of calling of calling them
0: all right well yeah i mean it's been a bit of a scattergun approach to kind of the the first chunk of the park if you like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where you want to go next josh uh
1: well we, we've done the two food items in this sort of uh entrance slash on the right sort of sector so what about the born stuntacular Let, run oh. me through this show
0: Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is if there was anywhere we thought we might get COVID over the course of this trip, then being held in the born Stuntacular holding area before, after you've gone through the queue, but before you've gone into the auditorium, they just kind of hold everyone who's going to go into the show in this one room. And uh, I mean, my dad and my sister did fall somewhat ill a few days after this. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID at the time. Um, but th- that seemed like a place where germs would spread very easily. So uh, may- maybe be wary of that. I don't know. I mean, you know, if, you- if you're cautious at all of, of you know, wanting to pick up a, v- a virus of any description uh, while you're out and about these days, then do be aware that you you are held in this this room, this very tightly packed room with hundreds of people uh, yeah. if you decide to do the Bourne Stuntacular. Uh, but once you're through that, it did take a while as well, by the way, and communication wasn't really yeah. there. It was just. I kind guess
1: we. This is the same holding area as was there for Terminator, uh, when Terminator was there, and there was a balcony, and, and the, quote unquote, host of the tour for the Cyberdyne Systems, uh, factory, uh, used to stand up on a balcony and sort of give you a bit of a, a talk before you went into the. Uh, auditorium, so it was a bit of a pre-show, as it were. I don't know, do they still do an element like that here? Is the does the balcony still exist above you? God, I'm totally blanking on it. To be honest, there is like while you're walking through the
0: queue, there's absolutely a bit of pre-show. We, we were in there, we were in there for a long time. And I think the thing that made it worse, of course, is that the last time we would have done Terminator, which was a long time ago, at this point, it'd been around yeah. a long time. That thing was never really full, filling out, right? Whereas Born is pretty new still and open during covid or the worst of covid anyway and so i'm sure for a lot of people that are you know like us who had not experienced it before it's it's all of a sudden a more interesting attraction to check out so yeah it it was rammed in there but the show josh is uh is incredible honestly it's 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 kind of amazing like i remember talking about it before it opened on the podcast and um I think we were both kind of, not not baffled, I, I think that's probably a little harsh, but I don't know, it felt like a weird time to be opening a Jason Bourne attraction, right? I mean, it's it's not really been a big hitter in the cinema for, for quite some time, and you yeah. know, I don't think there's anyone who kind of walks around identifying as a huge Bourne fan, uh, even in the same way as people walk around identifying as like a Bond fan or a Mission Impossible fan. Like, either of those would have would have maybe made more sense but to be honest it really doesn't matter that this is born or not it's just a really well done stunt show which i mean for anyone who who has become cynical and or jaded about screen-based attractions i mean if rise of the resistance made me feel a little differently about screens on a dark ride let's say just because the quality and like resolution of the screens was so good on that ride that they totally sold the illusion in a way that like let's say Forbidden Journey doesn't quite manage in the same way anymore because the screens are just starting to look a little a little old. Yeah. The Bourne kind of did that for shows. Like the screen so basically the to me anyway, this felt the closest I'm likely ever to get to seeing with my own eyes what it's like to stand on one of those sets they use for the mandalorian uh, the volume <laughs> okay. right where they yeah. kind of render the environment almost in real time and it just looks so convincing uh that it's a great place to to kind of act in because it's it's not a green screen or a blue screen you don't have to imagine any of this stuff it looks like it's really there and the sense of depth is it, is so amazing that You just completely lose sight of the fact that it's just a a massive screen. And uh, this kind of has that going for it as well. So kind of the entire backdrop of the show almost is just a big screen. Uh, There are physical elements as well, but they're blended in so convincingly that it's really hard to tell where the screen stops and some of the actual kind of stagecraft and physical set stuff uh, starts. That's really cool. It's very seamless and they're able to do all sorts of cool things with it because you've got also you've got like a a mix of live actors and people who are just on the screen. There's a scene right at the start where Bourne is having a fight with a guy who is also really there. But then they're kind of being watched by a group of people who are kind of like cheering them on in this fight, this street fight. And they're just on the screen, a lot of them. But it's it's actually quite hard to tell (laughs) who's on the screen and who's on the stage. And uh, I mean, all the kind of fisticuffs and stunts are, you know, top of the class. If you've seen stuff like the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular and the way they sell the punches and everything, all that stuff is just as good here. But like, it's interesting, right? Because we talked about Indiana Jones at Hollywood Studios on that trip report and how scaled back that now feels whether for cost cutting or covid reasons or whatever because that yeah. show was entirely practical uh i don't doubt that it's it's harder to put together and and run to time and all that kind of thing whereas this because it's far more about screen tech i guess in a sense that makes it like they kind of know that they're always going to be able to run it for this amount of time this amount of times per day etc and um it kind of feels like the next generation of this kind of show, like it's done so well. I mean, they're able to do slow motion in a live action stunt show or like the illusion of slow motion. Like There, are so, there were so wow. many moments where like our jaw was just on the floor and I, my dad kind of turned to me multiple times just being like, this is damn incredible. <laughs> I was like, you're right. It is.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah.
0: There's, there's like a car chase scene where there's like one car that's on the stage, but then the other cars are on the screen, but it totally sells the illusion of the car on the stage also driving really fast. And there's like a scene where he's on a motorbike being chased around at night and jumps off the motorbike and hangs from a lamppost and kicks a guy in the face. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of this thing. Like, I went in really not knowing what to expect, which, as Pastor John reminded me, was because I'd totally forgotten that Pastor John has been on this podcast before, uh, singing the virtues of this attraction. When it first opened, he came on and told us about how great it was. I'd forgotten about that. So I went in thinking, "Ah, oh, yeah, no, we'll see it. Jason Bourne, and came out and ch- changed my life, Josh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, what more could you ask for, really? Um, I know, I mean, right? Cl- I, I,
0: uh.
1: Clearly, it's like taking, you know, because a lot of that tech was in there for Terminator, but obviously the Terminator was really quite old by the time it ended, so it's clear to see that they've taken it to the new next level. And actually, it sounds like uh, Fast and Furious Supercharged could learn a lot from this show.
0: Actually, yes, that is that is a very good point. You could make a very good Fast and the Furious attraction with this kind of technology, I would imagine. And uh, yeah, it's kind of wild, right? Like, as I said at the top here, Jason Bourne feels a bit like, with all due respect, who really massively cares these days. Fast and the Furious is, a, is just a, a, an absolute behemoth of a franchise right now, whether you like it or not. And, you know, that's got itself one of the most hilariously bad attractions in the history of the park, uh, whereas Bourne, you know, has got himself this, I would say, sort of standard setting stunt show with the kind of screen tech that Supercharged would love to have. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see whether it's Universal or someone else kind of take this concept and run with it and see what they can do with it because uh, it's extremely good. It's extremely good.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the, the only person that I know that is, a big still a big fan of born is probably my mum so i'm sure she'll be very excited to oh. go see it when they go in august
0: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and it's you know they're gonna have some like relatively small kids with them right i mean it's yeah. uh you know it's it's got your fisty cuffs and and some gunfights and stuff you know the gunfire is is pretty loud and convincing so you know if you're a super young kid you might find it a little intense but uh it's it's you know, it's fine. It's of the level of a born film, right? So, yeah, you know, it's 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 nothing. It's nothing that most wouldn't be able to handle. Just fine. Genu- genuinely, the only downside to it is that the merch is really boring. So you come out into the same <laughs> gift shop as before, and the, the born merch is just way more boring than the Terminator merch used to yeah. be. And, yeah, and the gift design. shop is mostly is mostly just other stuff.
1: Uh, Would be funny if it was sense. still just Terminator merch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would probably probably be better, to be honest. But, yeah, I mean, look, um, it says a lot, really, that the Terminator show, the screen elements of that were 3D. And yet, in terms of kind of making you feel like you're really in this place watching this stuff happen, these totally non-3D screens are way, way better yeah i I can't speak highly enough of it 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 really needs to be seen to be believed it's hard to do justice to just talking about it or watching it on youtube or whatever you really do need to sit in that auditorium and
1: and and experience it awesome yeah um i mean i I don't think you can have higher praise for something like this than we cannot give it you know enough justice on this show you know
0: no, I know, right? <laughs> and I know I said, like, oh, Universal Studios feels like it could do with some TLC and, you know, some new rides, et cetera. And it's like... And Bourne is kind of shouting from off screen, like, hey, hey, <laughs> no, what, hey. What, what, don't, what about me? And now I'm coming around to, like, oh, yeah, you. I, you are really
1: good. I'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is awesome, though. Uh, it's, yeah, like I said, great great to hear. Um I don't know, kind of in this sort of opening area, still you have uh, Transformers The Ride is still there, right? That's still going strong. What did you think of that? Did you ride it this time?
0: Yes, of course. Yes, I had a very interesting experience on it the first time I went. So uh, on the day I met up with John and Jeremy and we'd gone our separate ways, I kind of had a bit of time to kill in between my crepe and the fireworks. <laughs> so I went on Terminator and it got stuck. It broke down multiple times oh, while God. on the ride. So it all just came to a kind of a shuddering halt. The screens went off pitch black. Uh, it was kind of weird because it then on multiple occasions tried to kind of stutter back into life and you just occasionally got optimus prime being like freedom <laughs> and then it all goes quiet again I'm like oh. you know, megatrop and it, it was really funny and uh I, I i've been on rides that have broken down before but this was the closest i got like i definitely thought oh someone's gonna have to come and get us like i'm gonna get to walk around and broken oh. down ride. this is good and unfortunately that never happened but oh. they kind of gave up eventually and just the ride started to the ride vehicle started to go through the motions just without the screens and the sound yeah, that- <laughs> so that was also quite funny and then eventually like just occasionally it would spurt back into life as you were on your way back out of the <laughs> ride but uh yeah it, it went wrong to the extent that they gave us a free express pass on the way out
1: okay that's, uh, that's not bad.
0: which i which i held on to for a long time we won't talk about what I used it on until we do the Islands of Adventure Trip report next week. Yeah. But uh, I did also get to do Transformers in its actual proper state uh, on another day. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's still the same ride. There's nothing to report, to be honest. It's uh, it's It remains the best Transformers movie that anyone's ever made <laughs> because it turns out it's the perfect length for... Uh, crashy, bashy nonsense. And yeah. Anything longer than that is is really pushing it. Let alone the movies being what are they two and a half hours a lot of the time. I mean, yes, it's my, far too much batman for me. Yeah, hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. And just to be clear, I'm talking main trend. Like Bumblebee's really good. I'm not knocking Bumblebee. So when I say this is the best Transformers film, I mean this is. I mean to be honest, it might also still also be better than Bumblebee, but. Weren't they meant to be making like a sequel to that? I don't know, Josh. It would make sense, right? But Hayley Steinfeld is is a busy lady these days. She's in demand. so Yeah,
1: all the films, uh, her musical career, all of the she's things. A, she's a Marvel lady now. Yeah. She ain't got no, she ain't got no time for... 20 years of her life to Marvel now.
0: Yeah, she hasn't got time for an E.T. spin-off or an E.T. rip-off like Bumblebee is. <laughs> but... You know, that would make a fun ride, right? You could do like a, t- a Transformers ET hybrid starring
1: Ooh. Bumblebee and Haley Steinfeld. I'll be up for that. Good to hear that Transformers the ride is is the best version of Transformers you could possibly have. Um, you mentioned ET. Uh, how's that still? Does that still hold up for you? Uh, all these years later, so a bit of a nostalgia trip on this ride. So it plays into that a fair bit.
0: Definitely. Uh, We did it a couple of times and on no occasion did we get the passport stuff, so ET was not saying names. I believe that that isn't sort of dead, like, it's not like it's never coming back, but it seems very inconsistent or, like, I don't quite know what the situation with that is. All I can say is that we did it across multiple days and, and it was never working. But yeah, 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 I still still really like that ride, and everyone knows about how good it smells. <laughs> and, the,
1: the queue, I think, that for me, my favorite part is probably the queue. I think that's so cool. Just walking through the like the first bit kind of meh, but the once you enter the forest area, I think that's really really cool. And that then blends into the ride is really impressive.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they uh, they've they've totally tapped into this market that exists for candles. And fragrances that smell like theme park things, uh, which had become quite popular uh, on places like Etsy over the last yeah. few years. So Universal will now sell you candles that smell like one that smells like Jaws. Oh. Uh, but of course, the E.T. one is, I mean, come on, that's that's the one everyone wants. Uh, what
1: What's the Jaws one smell like? Burning plastic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just rotting shark meat. Yeah. Uh, no, I get. I mean, I guess it's meant to kind of smell like the ocean, right? I mean,
1: oh, I guess so. Yeah,
0: I guess that would kind of, like kind of or all, all sea salt or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the ET one's the one that you want. I mean, it's like the. the I don't know if they do car air fresheners, but if they if they don't, then they should. I, yeah. I'm not sure how I'd feel about burning a candle in the car, but if my car could smell like the ET ride, that would be great.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's you know it's up there. It's probably the the most uh, famous of smells, um, soarings, uh, former soarings, the soaring, so soaring over, Californ- over California's orange uh, smell was also up there as one of the fan favourites, but E.T. is definitely number one. My uh, my nephew, the last time we went, he couldn't go on E.T., so he was too short, so we actually got a uh, special fast pass that allows him to get on once he gets tall enough to go on, and it's still... Uh, well, it has no expiry date as far as I'm aware, so it's still technically valid. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Ho- I hope they, they make
0: a. F- I hope they make a fuss of him when he brings that onto the ride this year. Yeah, holding it, holding on to it for like five years. It'd be funny if he brought it back and he's like thirty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been back since then. It's been twenty-five years. Oh, good job, little
0: man. You're tall
1: enough. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, this sort of area back here is kind of the kids' area. I don't really know what the state of play is back here anymore. Um, what is going uh, on? Well, the animal show thing was not
0: happening. Okay. You've also got, what have you got around there? Five, all is it? Five? Fievel? The mouse?
1: What's his name? The playground?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Oh, yeah, Or's playground.
0: Yeah, and like yeah. The, the Woody Woodpecker is still there and... There's now a dedicated area for a DreamWorks meet and greet round there as well. So you'll see like Madagascar characters. That's also now where Shrek and Donkey will hang out rather than round the corner from Shrek 4D. Oh, um, but, you know, the rumours persist, don't they, that KidZone is on the chopping block. But KidZone has been on the chopping block for so long, it's had an axe hanging over it for a very long time. It feels like they've taken the swing a couple of times and then pulled back at the very last minute.
1: Yeah. teasing Uh,
0: yeah you know if 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 alicia stella's on the money and she pretty much always is then it seems like the most concrete plans for what to do with that have been to turn it into pokemon it just seems like they're probably not going to do it until super nintendo world is open at epic universe and then they'll build out nintendo at the other parks from there which i totally get uh, why they would do that but at the same time it is a shame because kidzone just has for so long felt like it's on borrowed time and yeah if you feel like you know what you're going to do with it it's just kind of almost arbitrarily waiting just so you can say that mario came first i don't know i just feel like get on with it you know just just just, do it
1: just do it yeah i think it's really cool and i'm Market improvement over the kids' area that's currently back there. Yes, definitely. Definitely.
0: And I'd imagine that, yeah, I could say, I'm sure Alicia's salary is on the money and that is probably what will happen. But not until the, the latter stages of this decade, if we make it that far. Well, who knows?
1: Yeah, but I guess as we're, as we're sort of heading this way around uh, the lake, uh, the next area you come to is... Uh, Springfield, right?
0: It sure is. It sure is. Not a ton to report from here, to be honest. Uh, You know, for people that don't... People haven't been there before, I will say that Springfield as an area is great, I think. It's really well done. It's weird to think that this is the second... uh, disney franchise that has its own land at the universal orlando resort now with uh yeah. marvel as well i mean is there, is there another one I wouldn't be surprised me if there was disney have just uh, bought the rights to all the lost continent characters out of spite <laughs> yeah we own poseidon
1: yeah uh, what are you gonna do about it technically you can find a muppet songs on the secret menu of rip ride rocket
0: oh okay but uh, no, I no, you know, yeah, Springfield's still great. I mean, the, the Simpsons ride, of course, because it's so, uh, so relies on gags. Yeah. Of course, for I think a lot of people, once you've done it once or twice, you kind of, you don't feel the need to do it anymore. Maybe I'm just a massive loser or there's just enough time between <laughs> each time I do it that I still giggle at
1: most, if not all, of the jokes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I really ride. like the jokes on that ride. They're good fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the the kind of screen stuff and the way they render Springfield in 3D is showing its age a little bit now. But, yeah, and whether or not they'd ever feel like it was worthwhile to upgrade it or not, I'm not sure. But, you know, they put a lot of work into the surrounding area with all the kind of funfair games and the the tavern, Modes Tavern, and the Bumblebee Tacos, of course, yep. uh, the Quickie Mart. It's all really well done. It would be a shame to ever lose it, but. I guess it just depends how much staying power The Simpsons ends up having, really. Once, if and when it ever
1: kind of ends, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the most it, noting, mo- most noteworthy thing for me was that I finally had the big pink donut,
1: the lard lad donut.
0: Yes, which uh, I think was nine dollars.
1: Okay, well, uh, big, considering the price donut. of donuts on our European road trip, that's not too bad. It's pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, it was a good donut. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I believe they also do an apple fritter in there, which is similarly humongous. Oh wow! All the options. But uh, the big pink—I was glad to finally do it. Is that what they call it, the big pink? I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's oh. just the big pink.
1: The big pink. Oh, I might go and get myself a big pink, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always dreamt of eating my way for a big pink, but. Uh, yeah n- not found my myself uh a chance really no yeah it was on the list for
0: a long time and I, you know i thought this this feels like at least for the foreseeable a bit of a last hurrah florida wise certainly with the family yeah and so i thought it was right to finally do it and um i ate the bulk of it i didn't eat it on the day in the park we I t- took it home and uh, i ate most of it but everyone had a bit and um it was good, very shareable. I mean, it is big. You can cut it up like a cake when you get home. So, good a good one to share with the with your family, I would say. Spread the joy Spread around. Spread
1: the love. Yeah. Spread the calories. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think I am going to throw this out there? This hypothetical universal decides it no longer wants the Simpsons. Going to turn it into uh, I don't know. They they remake Back to the Future and they turn it back into Back to the Future Land. I don't know. Uh, hope ho- I hope they don't do that. But do you think that Disney does anything with the Simpsons in their parks?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if there's an obvious home anywhere for the Simpsons at the Disney parks. I think if they were if Disney were looking to utilize the Simpsons somewhere, it would be use them to sell different experiences or, you know, food around the parks. I don't know. Maybe they'd use them in a similar way to the way they use the Muppets. Yeah. I I I don't know. I I I don't. I don't think anyone out there. I mean, Star Wars has become, for better or worse. Now I think people do think of Star Wars as a Disney thing now because it's been a massive part of Disney Plus since it launched. It's in all the parks. It, you know, there's a very clear I think divide in what people think of as George Lucas Star Wars and and what Disney have done with Star Wars. Yeah. Whereas with The Simpsons, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I can't imagine there's anyone out there who's like, oh, yes, Disney's The Simpsons, you know? I just don't yeah. think it's synonymous with Disney in the same way that Star Wars has become. So I don't really think they would massively be clamouring to use The Simpsons in their parks in the same way that I'm sure they'd love it if Universal gave up Marvel. Yeah, uh, 100%. But I don't think, I don't necessarily think I don't think Universal will give up Marvel for sure, and I don't no. think they in, they'll be in a rush to give up the Simpsons. If, you know, if, if we if we think if we're pretty sure that Zone is going to become Pokemon, then that surely is the next big project for studios. So, if you're looking to replace the Simpsons, you're probably talking 2030s. Now, I might be totally ignorant about, well, I am totally ignorant about the specifics <laughs> of the contract. Maybe there's an expiry date that totally throws that idea out of the water I don't I really don't know but that's just me from just that's just me assuming that Pokemon is the next thing that they look to do the Simpsons would probably be something that comes after that because I don't think you would do them both at the same time because then you've got a massive chunk of the park which would just be a you know shut off dig site
1: yeah for sure uh-huh. Um and I, I don't think the Simpsons goes unless they have a worthy replacement for that area right that, that- Simpsons will probably stay there until they find something
0: else. It's it's worth saying as well that they've they seem to very much be turning that kind of main street into a very minion heavy area. Like obviously you've got Minion Mayhem, the Shrek replacement is rumored to be that villain con kind of attraction, and and then the Monsters Cafe at the end of that strip is also uh, thought to be turning into something minions related. So you've got your kind of irreverent, bright, colourful cartoon area there. You're going to have Pokemon probably to replace the Simpsons with. I mean, they're almost. I mean, what what else would you put in that Simpsons area? That you know, would it would you also feel feel like it needed to be a, some sort of animated franchise or not? I don't know. I guess not, right? Because it replaced Back to the Future, which very much wasn't wasn't yeah. that, but. Yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. I don't know. I don't think it'll be any time soon that they get rid of The Simpsons.
1: Turn uh, The Simpsons ride into a Hanna-Barbera ride. Oh, baby!
0: Well, nostalgia is a powerful thing, Josh. I mean, it's very, very notable how much more Universal are leaning into their history now than they even were a few years ago. There is a lot of Jaws and Back to the Future and Kong merch everywhere and... Of course, they've announced these escape rooms for City Walk. One of which is Back to the Future. Of course, and uh, you know this has been the case in the in the cinemas for so long now. Studios tapping into their into people's nostalgia for things. You know, we've seen it this year already with Top Gun, for example. Mm. So I'm sure Universal could absolutely leverage that sentiment in a thing park. And if they said we're bringing back Jaws or Back to the Future, people would absolutely lap it up.
1: So, yeah, maybe maybe that would be quite cool if, like, uh, you almost make that into a a ride building that they just kind of alternate through different. Uh, yeah,
0: they could could you do they could take inspiration from the movie park studios ride, <laughs> <laughs> just have a ride that goes through. Uh, a kind of studio, like a yeah, like an intense ride of some description that that takes you almost through all of the old. I, I mean, we're getting off on one here a little bit. It's an interesting idea, Josh. I mean, obviously remakes and reboots have been a thing in movies for a, a, quite a long time, but especially yes. in the last, it feels like decade or so. TV, similarly, video games as well. Theme parks, unless I, unless I'm missing something, it doesn't. It's not really been that way to be to be fair. Like they, they'll update. Rides, or, and, and then they'll just replace rides with totally new things. But the idea of remaking a ride and then selling it as something new, that isn't something that you really see. No, not at all. Uh, like the closest you get is, is uh, like Hulk or Spider-Man, but that's like an update, isn't it? That's, that's a very yeah. different kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, the idea of, let's say, Universal announced Jaws... And said something like, "We're we're redoing Jaws with modern technology. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna evoke the ride that you know and love. We can't wait to bring it back." Blah blah blah. That's not something we've seen before. Do you think that is something that 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 a, that a thing park would ever sort of consider as, as a kind of a an uh, easy win?
1: I don't think it. I don't. I honestly, I don't think so. But I think uh, something like Jaws uh, would be well up there for something like that because it's, it's a very timeless uh, story and it still holds up. You know, I know my niece, who I never grew up with, has no reason to like Jaws, uh, loves Jaws. There, there is still uh, younger generations coming through that absolutely love, uh, obviously, Sharks and the fil- films like Jaws. So I think something like that would make sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more like if you were going to, let's say, let's say they let's say jaws i don't think you would sell it on the fact that hey this is a ride themed to that jaws film i think you'd sell it as hey we're doing the jaws ride again like cuz the jaws yeah. ride is beloved in its own right like regardless of the, the movie attached like it was just a really good ride and is the type of ride that universal
1: just doesn't really have anymore but i i i just think that uh you know that's a very small subset of theme park goers, and I think actually there is a wider audience for or there would be a wider audience for a jaws ride outside of just people that love the original jaws ride um mm. you know they're they're big on putting their their i p on everything rightly so uh and so I think you need a bigger tra- bigger draw than just, hey, we're bringing back that ride. It'd be, hey, we're bringing back that ride. Uh, and also, hey, to all those folks that love Jaws, that didn't know really about the ride, there's a new Jaws ride. We're going to need a bigger draw. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Uh, Shall we head round to Men in Black, I guess? Black is is still good. We did run into some technical issues with it on a few occasions. Uh, it broke down on oh. during two attempts to get on it. Uh, one where the queue and and the queuing for Men in Black was a little bit all over the place. There's a there's a, after the fake elevator and you you're, you're walking through the facility. You go past the prawns in having their coffee in the break room. Yeah. There's that bit where. Um, you're the, you then look over the the kind of main room. You've got Zed um, talking to you on the screen and uh, there's, there's aliens down there at their desks. And yes. The the queue, for some reason, has it almost splits and then comes back together again. And the, the queue jumpers uh, absolutely take advantage of that and it all becomes a bit of a mess. So that's the first problem I have with the Men in Black queue. Uh, you, can and then, yeah, that,
1: you, you can solve that issue with just putting some chains across those walkways, right? Because it's.
0: Well, you would have thought so, but they weren't there. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it broke down for us uh, on two separate occasions. Uh, one time we got stuck uh, in that room where you first start to see the safety video, and they've got like the men in black props behind the glass on the shelves. Oh, yeah. We were stuck in there for a while. Oh. And then there was one occasion where we got basically right down to the loading area and then it stopped as well for a little while. So, yeah, maybe bad luck, maybe a sign that it's getting old. I don't know, but uh, still fun. I think you're right. It has aged in certain aspects, uh, but I don't know. I think it might still be my favourite shoot up ride you know i do like how you can control the ride vehicle in Buzz, and i do like the 3d effects and whatnot and the slightly more competitive edge that you get on midway mania but i like how practical men in black feels and uh the the way it kind of turns itself on its head once you get out of that training area and then you it opens up into something more real, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the one that I'm best at. I get my best my best shooting game scores come on Men in Black. Um, yeah, I
1: think it's probably my favourite as well. I think it just needs uh, a little bit of TLC. I think it just needs a bit more, a bit of a bit of lick, lick of paint. You know, bring it right back up to uh, what you want.
0: Yeah, I mean... Do you think men in black is another thing that is on in any way on borrowed time i mean i d- I don't know right I guess it's too early to say if will Smith for example is at all damaged by what happened at the Oscars <laughs> or if that just kind of gets forgotten about I yeah. don't know and I'm not necessarily suggesting that that would be you know the the driving force behind replacing this ride. But I don't know if, like, Men in Black as a franchise, it feels to me like it's kind of dead. I mean, I know the first film just had its 25th anniversary, I believe. And oh, that is wow. a great film. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, none of the others really come close. The, the most recent one I thought was awful. So it, yeah. it's, uh, it's not like... It's not a franchise in and of itself that is going to draw people to the parks. Uh, it is still a good ride. But... Yeah, I wonder
1: if perhaps that might ever be on the chopping block. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, if if there's a, ever a ride to be next, I think that might be it. Um, mm. What you do with that, but again, what you do with that space, I don't know. I think, you know, the backstage areas are that used for Halloween Horror Nights, but I think if you're going to knock that building down, then you need uh, some form of, you, you need a big gap again, right? Like a, a big land, like you have... Obviously, Harry Potter, like you're gonna have Pokemon or the Super Nintendo Land, that sort of thing. So you need to sort of use it as a use that space where the where the building is as a as a portal into a new uh, larger area behind. Uh, I mean, there was talks of extending the now defunct uh, Fear Factor Live area, getting rid of that and extending Harry Potter into that area, right? So maybe yes. they keep, maybe they just keep going.
0: Maybe. I don't know if that's at all been put on the back burner because, obviously, we expect there to be Wizarding World stuff at Epic Universe, but, I mean, Fear Facts Alive is a big old space. The the idea of that sitting there dormant for potentially years I I think kind of sucks. Like, I would like to see them start to move on that in the not-too-distant future, but, again, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything out there right now in terms of what they could do imminently I think an extension of Harry Potter would take some time and, and effort to do so maybe that yep. would just be sat there for a while
1: don't know uh, yeah that space is used for Halloween Horror Nights as well so I mean speaking of
0: Harry Potter Josh of course uh, Diagon Alley still yeah. the main draw I was going to come back
1: people. to that uh, I'm going to keep that as a bit of a tease Tom real quick oh, right. and cover uh In the real world, uh, Fast and Furious Supercharged.
0: No, I don't want to talk about that
1: one. Okay, cool. Diagon Alley, Tom.
0: Yeah. This is uh this and Hogsmead are the closest I, I would say you ever get to feeling like you're in Disney at these parks because you can't move. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> you walk in there and everyone feels like they're on top of one another. Everyone is dawdling around taking selfies and photos in front of the bank, waiting for the dragon to breathe fire, into the really crammed shops, coming out, queuing for ice cream, getting
1: drinks. It's
0: it's chaos, Josh. It's chaos. Yeah, um,
1: actually, you, you, you say that sort of thing. I saw a really cool video earlier today of someone who suggested waiting, uh, until kind of late at night when there's a storm going on. The uh, dragon still breathes fire, so you can get a really great uh, shot of the dragon breathing fire while there's a thunderstorm around you.
0: Don't get me wrong, as busy as it is, uh, you know, let me take the hat off. Of the guy that's been here quite a few times, put the hat on of someone who's coming for the first time. It's incredible still, like the the theming, the attention to detail. It it really is incredible. I do think still that it's the best thing, parkland at Universal in Orlando. Certainly have done. Yes, and really,
1: uh, it's truly impressive.
0: And yeah, but you know the live entertainment is fun, you know, the the singing and dancing that goes on. Loads of food and drink options, loads of places to spend more money, and uh, <laughs> escape from Gringotts is a ride that, weirdly enough, for everything I said earlier about how like screen tech on rides, and I think this, I would include Gringotts in this, uh, it can sometimes not age brilliantly, and uh, you know when you compare it to the most modern uh, rides with with screens again like rise of the resistance they they look all the more kind of old but despite that green gods is a ride that has kind of grown on me in a way i don't i don't quite know why i i, I think the coaster portions are actually really good and uh, i i'd forgotten yeah. quite I how think... intense some of that ride can be
1: yeah for sure i think the coaster elements there are kind of let down a little bit by the screen elements in my opinion um
0: yeah I- I, I do agree. I, I actually think that the screen stuff, weirdly enough, gets better as the ride goes along. I think the opening scene, where Bellatrix turns up and casts a spell on you that makes you topple down into the vaults, that mm. looks that's hard to see. To be honest, it's it's kind of <laughs> hard to see what's going on. Yeah, and then you have like the bits with the trolls that come right up at you and and toss you around a bit. Again, I don't think that looks fantastic and then you have like the seam of the dragon looks okay and then but for me the best of the screen stuff is is when voldemort shows up i actually think that stuff looks okay and the, the 3d is quite effective as well like it's quite it's quite it's quite intimidating seeing him standing there getting quite close to you and waving his wand around talking about how he's going to kill you all and yeah that that stuff i think is quite good but yeah, I think the, the majority of the screen stuff on that ride looks a little old, but some of it's still okay. But like I said, the coaster stuff I think is good. That initial drop where the track tilts you forward when Bellatrix yeah. is casting the spell, I think is especially good. And uh, and then the kind of launch, if you like, for lack of a better term, at the end, as the dragon, quote-unquote, pulls you out mm. by uh, on the chain yeah, uh, is also quite good. Yeah, for sure,
1: and I, I really like uh, the queue. Once you get into the uh, Gringotts, I think the queue is really cool.
0: Yeah, it is. We did With have one occasion and- where it uh, where it broke down, and the communication in terms of what was going on and how much longer it might be wasn't great. Uh, we kind of got stuck in the Bill Weasley pre-show room, waiting for the doors to the lift to open for oh, wow. a really long time. I've yeah. never experienced that before. So, uh, yeah, it still racks up some big queues, that ride. So I think if you are doing a universal, and, you know, this is what in some ways made the rip-right, I mean, it feels like a long time with this podcast run quite a way here, but people might remember about an hour ago, I was talking about Rip Ride Rocket and how frustrating it was that that broke down and set us back a bit at the start of the day. Um, that felt all the more annoying when we then got stuck in this Gringotts queue because it felt like this didn't need to be the case, you know. <laughs> if Rip Ride Rocket had been up and running at nine, as advertised, we'd have been around here and wouldn't have had this problem. So if you want to do Gringotts with a, with a short queue, I would go there first because, as I said, I think the majority of people rocking up to these two universal parks these days are going to islands first to do Hagrid and Velocicoaster. So basically everything else is I th- I think unless you've got early entry actually worth prioritizing at the start of your day because that will be when most people are queuing for those two new rides. So yeah. what you want to do is do them do these other, do these older attractions first because then later in the day everyone who went and did velocicoaster and hagrid first thing they've all moved on and are filtering around the various other rides and they all start to build up their queue lines so if you haven't got early entry i would say green dots spider-man hulk these kinds of previously most popular rides you should do those first i i would suggest
1: that makes sense
0: i guess that's everything josh i mean like i said yeah I got to see the nighttime celebration for the first time, which is a sort of lights and fireworks and water show, I guess, on the lagoon. It's primarily lights and water. So, uh, you know, water fountains shooting up from the lagoon in various shapes and patterns. And then they kind of project scenes from films from the rides (laughs) at the park. So you'll get like a Transformers section, a Jurassic World section, a Harry Potter section, etc. As someone who is very easily entertained by... Music from films that I like, I enjoyed it just fine. If you play Jurassic Park music to me on a really good sound system while I watch scenes from the movie, I, you know that's kind of enough for me. I guess it's uh, it's fun enough. I'd recommend it if you've never done it before. If your family managed to make it that far into a day at Universal, it's it's worth seeing once. I would say, and uh, yeah, the fireworks were alright, but you're there, <laughs> you're there to see Jurassic Park beamed onto some water while John Williams does his thing.
1: You can't really go wrong with that, can you?
0: No. Best place to watch it from is uh, is obviously on the waterfront, but the, the central park section. So that side of the water is where you want to be, really. Yeah. You know, if you're there that late um head over to central park crepes at like eight o'clock i'd say uh get your get your order in get your food go and find somewhere to sit or stand on that side uh enjoy your crepe wait for the show to start and uh that's probably the best way to do
1: it i would say awesome i don't think i've got any more questions i think you know you covered a lot of bases here um hell yeah cover food all the rides this is a log
0: josh this was I mean, I kind of came into this thinking, this might be the park about which I have the least to say <laughs> because it's not changed enormously and uh, there's not that much new stuff, for example, and, and quite a lot of rides that are, are down right now. But, hey, here we are. We've done a lot on Universal Studios. I think it was because I kind of experienced this park in ways that I hadn't done it before. And yeah. and and that was interesting. So, I, you know... I, yeah, you know, I thank in particular John and Jeremy for kind of showing me the ropes, if you like, on that front and opening my eyes to new ways to enjoy the Universal Park. Uh, still a good one, still very enjoyable, as, as much as I think it, it could do with uh, some love, which I'm sure it will get. It just might take a little while because, of course, there's a whole new theme
1: park coming in a couple of years. Looking forward to that uh, wholeheartedly.
0: Uh, next week, we'll do Islands of Adventure, uh, the other Universal uh, Florida theme park here. Uh, but until then, everyone, take it easy out there. You can keep up with the show Uh links.parkrush.com. That's where you'll find all our socials and whatnot TikTok, Instagram, etc. Uh, lots of stuff going out on the YouTube channel at the moment as well uh, video game uh, let's plays and live stream archives. Uh, beastly d in florida the vlog series from 2011 where we look back at josh's holiday uh, that is coming to a close there are two episodes left to come and then um, the euro rush vlogs will start to release which i'm very oh, excited boy. to see so uh yeah subscribe to the youtube channel the park rush youtube channel to make sure you don't miss those uh, and if you want to get in touch with the show the best way to do it is to tweet at parkrush podcast or email podcast at parkrush.com uh, I think that's everything. Uh, as I say, take it easy, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week for Islands of Adventure. Goodbye.
1: See ya. Bye.